Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, indeed. On another chilly Saturday morning in CCO land, Denny Long back with ASC certified technician Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Getting ready to answer any kind of a car care question you might have and probably a lot. A lot of battery questions today. I have one myself. Nick, good morning to you. Good morning, Denny. I uh, I got to ask you right away, are there any batteries left at Lloyd's Automotive for sale? <laughs> we, we we got a a fresh shipment here on I think it was Wednesday. So we're we're ready. We're good. It's uh it happens every every year, you know. Come January we hit that cold snap and the batteries that had a little life left uh, don't. So End up replacing quite a few, to be honest. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring it. I got a call last night <clears throat> from uh, my daughter, whom you know, who, who visits Lloyd's <laughs> from time to time. Anyway, she's got a, a 2019. She loves the car, by the way. It's a it's a 2019 Rav Four, and it's a it's a hybrid, and just loves it. And it's had such good luck with it. Well, she works at home uh, for the most part, and did not drive like a lot of folks for days. It sat in an unheated garage. And she went out there, and it's dead. So she uh, got somebody to come over with a, uh, a, a, what do you call it, a battery tender, trickle chart, whatever you call it, uh, to get that set up. But the problem is, because it had no power, could and the battery is in the trunk. You see that a lot, don't you? They are. They, they've relocated a lot of batteries. And part of it's to uh, even the, the weight of the vehicle, so it's more... Uh, um, easier for it to set up the suspension and the handling of the vehicle. But keep, keep in mind, you know, even when it gets really cold out, you know, not that we want to go out when we don't need to, yeah. if the car sits outside, ambient air, and if that battery were to freeze, which after a few days of sub-zero temperatures, it, it may, if it freezes, it's not going to rebound. Once that has frozen, the acid changes, the battery changes, and then you end up having to replace the battery. So 
Starting the vehicle and letting it run and idle doesn't do it either. So unfortunately, you need to take it for a drive. You need to get the vehicle up to running temp. You need to get that alternator running, you know, and so off idle, city speeds, highway speeds, whatever, it doesn't matter. But enough of it to see the vehicle completely warm up will replenish that battery, keep it fully charged. Um, it's not always the easiest or thing that we want to do. So, you know, keep that in mind, pick the right day or the right situation where you need to run an errand and just maybe take a take the long route, as we say, from time to time. Just, you know, you don't have to go out of your way necessarily, but maybe a few more times around the block uh, just to allow that car to warm up, allow that alternator to fully charge the battery. Well, I had mentioned, I said, Nick, all the time we hear on the show that if the battery's frozen, chances are it's not going to come back. So I said, keep that in mind. So uh, her, uh, the help she got, the guy, <laughs> he had to somehow crawl in, use a Phillips screwdriver because you couldn't open the uh, the uh, hatch uh, from the outside. So they figured out, watching videos of how to access it and finally getting back there. Uh, I guess it was quite an ordeal, of course. It's below zero and all that. Um, but anyway, it was, it's done. And so it's sitting there being charged now. Um but yeah, that's kind of true, isn't it? And I said I'm going to ask Nick if their battery has said you got to have a new battery. Is it around a five year time? Is a pretty good, uh, pretty good time to change? You, think? you know, first sometimes sooner, depending on your driving habits. With a lot more people working from home, the cars get driven a lot less, and that battery doesn't get fully charged. Now, the other thing I want to touch on too is a lot of dead batteries this morning, this past week. If you're not comfortable starting a vehicle, don't. We uh, we replace a lot of batteries, and then we also see a lot of electrical mishaps because somebody maybe put the polarity the wrong way on the battery. When you yes. do that, you can short things out, blow fuses, damage computers. So unless you are completely comfortable doing it, ask. Find somebody that is because you don't want to run the risk of creating a much larger problem for yourself. And I also tell people a lot of these batteries are hidden remotely under a seat in the trunk. Who knows? In the wheel well where you can't gain access, most often, and I'll check your owner's manual, there will be a port under the hood where it will be like a big red plus. That is also a source where you can jumpstart a vehicle. So make sure you know what you're doing. And when you're dealing with electricity, even though it's just 12 volts, it can definitely damage the computer system within the vehicle. So make sure you read up on it, find the right position, places to connect those jumper cables before you go forward with that. All right. Oh my. A lot of people in this in this predicament. I shouldn't laugh because it's it's not fun to try to get out there and uh, you know it's below zero. I mean if it was 50 above it'd be one thing. But so I tell you what, let's grab a phone call. Nick Diane is checking in I believe this morning from Roseville. Diane, good morning. What is your question for Nick? Good morning. Phone call. Nick Diane is checking in I believe this morning from Roseville. Diane, good morning. What is your question for Nick? Good morning. I have a 2015 Subaru Crosstrek, which is a wonderful car. Um, it sat out just one very cold day. Then when I went to start it, the um, check engine light plus the cruise control light were on. And I've, I don't use the cruise control all that much. I almost never have a check engine. I've never had the check engine light. So what might be happening? So many times when there's a fault with the emission system, which is the check engine light, a lot of the other systems are not going to operate, including the cruise control, remote start, 
Sometimes even the traction or ABS lights might be on. So when you look at the dash, you see all these lights illuminated, you get worried. Might not be that big of a deal. Um, I think the first thing you do is get a hold of your mechanic or your shop, schedule an appointment, let them gain access to the computer, get the codes, um, see what component. You know, it's a cold start, so we start thinking maybe it's like a heater with an oxygen sensor or some of these other components that maybe don't fare well when it's very cold. So I wouldn't be really worried at the moment, but I would make the appointment, have those codes retrieved. Very likely there's just one component or one sensor that is creating multiple lights on your dash. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too worried yet. Um, likely it'll be hopefully somewhat uh, simple fix for you. Thanks, okay, Diane, thanks for, very much. Good luck, Diane. Thanks for the call. Uh, if you have any kind of a car care question, uh, keep in mind that uh, Nick will be taking his leave about 745. So don't wait. We'd love to hear from you either. Like Diane, call it in, or you can text it in, whichever is easier, 651-461-9226 for either a phone call or a text with your car care question for Nick from uh, Lloyd's Automotive, 651-461-9226. I know we're going to break here in a moment, but don't, and I'm just thinking about this too, because I know in my couple of vehicles I have the fob, but there's also a key The most Cars still have a key to open the door, at least one door. Is that still true or maybe not? No, most vehicles do, and that's a great point. And then we touched on it in the fall that um, maybe not on the coldest day of the year, but periodically you need to look at that fob, and there's often a blade in that fob that will still gain access to typically the driver's door. There'll still be a key, uh, key slot there. From time to time, you need to exercise that key slot Reason is, a day like today, the car's very cold, the battery's dead, everything's electronic, and you can't get the door open. So then now you, not only will your car not start, but now you can't get in. So then you want to take that key and try to unlock the vehicle to get in. Well, if you haven't been trying that, now you've added an additional problem. So a little bit of work on our end will help us minimize the frustration and the troubles when we have a dead battery, let's say. Yeah. So check it out. i got to do that myself. Uh, Nick, we're going to take a quick break. Let's invite our listeners to join in on the conversation here with the getting's good. 651-461-9226. Any kind of a car care question you might have for ASC certified technician Nick Stoffel. Uh, let's hear from you right now here. News Talk 830 WCC. It's four below. Had a good Saturday morning to you. Denny Long back with ASC Certified Technician Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Uh, Nick, for those that uh, maybe need some assistance, battery or not, uh, how do we get in touch and where's Lloyd's located? You know, As you know, Denny, if you ever have a question, need advice, uh, feel free to call 651-228-1316. If you happen to be on Grand Avenue in St. Paul, swoon on and say hi. We're at 982 Grand, which is the corner of Grand and Chatsworth. If you wouldn't mind checking out our website, it's lloydsautomotive.net. Yes, indeed, and we'll uh, we'll get you that info before Nick leaves, which is about 7.45 or so this morning when Jack Farrell steps in. Uh, Nick, uh, Texter says this, and maybe we kind of back up a little bit. We're talking batteries on this uh, chilly time of the year. Uh, Texter says, please reiterate what Nick said toward the end of his comment about my daughter's situation, which we were talking about, which uh, this is a hybrid situation where the battery that needed to be charged or maybe even replaced is in the trunk area, the the, uh, 
the hatch area, not in the engine compartment like uh, like my old cars. Uh, this texter says, uh, there is a way to jump the car to nix it from the front. My wife found that information in the handbook, in the manual. Now, co- correct, did you say that? I mean, is there a way to charge a hybrid where the battery's in the rear by doing it from the engine compartment? Let, let's clarify one thing first. There's two batteries. Right. The battery that the hybrid is using, and then there's the, your standard 12-volt battery that we've always used. You never, ever touch the hybrid battery. It's nothing is a cold morning. It's the 12-volt battery that we're referencing. Now, they've moved them around to deal with space and weight balance. A lot of times, those 12-volt batteries might be under a seat, might be in the trunk, as you explained. But oftentimes, under the hood, there will be a port or a junction that's just for jump start. Look in the owner's manual, look online. Most often, you'll see like a red cap with a big plus on it. That's the 12-volt source. So, like we said, if you're not comfortable jump-starting the vehicle, if you have never done it, seek some help, get some advice. Don't want to create a problem where you short items out. But quite honestly, it's a fairly simple procedure if you know what you're doing. So you can open the hood, look around. You find a red cap that says has a plus on it. That's your 12-volt source where you can connect the positive bumper cable. Then you find a good ground source, a non-painted bolt, something near the motor. Um, oftentimes there'll be a little other cap that'll have a minus on it, which is the negative side. That's where you put the negative cable when you're trying to jumpstart a vehicle. All right. Good information. I was going to ask you about that. Maybe we go through a process of, of, of the correct way to jumpstart. And you can certainly see a lot of this information online, a lot of videos about that. Hey, let's uh, grab another phone call. Tom, uh, I believe uh, Tom is calling in from uh, St. Paul this morning. Tom, thank you for calling. What is your question for Nick? Say good morning. Thank you. Um, I've got a 2017 Jeep Cherokee, and the other day, one of the cold days, the car had been in the garage for a day or two without driving, and I go to start it, and uh, a light comes on the uh, dashboard, uh, an A with a circle around it, and I look it up, and it's a start-stop feature. Well, the car started just fine, and I drove it for about 10 or 15 minutes, came back, put it in the garage again, and then about an hour later, I come out and I, I um, start the car, and that that start stop uh, indicator um, is not lit that time. And um, I looked on the dashboard messaging system, and it said start stop uh, schedule for service or something like that. So um, I don't uh, really know whether the cold just somehow got it to malfunction, and then. It's self-corrected, or do I need to take it in for service? Got any idea? So we're going further down the battery rabbit hole here. Um, yeah. Many newer vehicles have the, have the start-stop technology, which but it's good because it saves us on emissions. When you come to a stoplight, you're waiting at idle, many vehicles will shut off. When you take your foot off the brake, go to apply the gas, the vehicle will restart, kind of like a golf cart. That's good because it eliminates all those emissions out the tailpipe while we're sitting at a stoplight. Problem is many vehicles will then have a secondary or an auxiliary 12-volt battery to help with that system. So finally, you know, on a traditional vehicle, you have one 12-volt battery, you might have a secondary one. With that particular vehicle, there is a secondary battery. Likely that 12-volt battery reaches age. The cold kind of was the last 
a straw, we'll say, and it's no longer uh, there to operate. So I would say I would have it looked at. It can be tested and charged. It's charged while you're driving, so maybe it's a little bit of a longer drive cycle to get both batteries fully charged. If you see once it warms up next week, if you're still having issues with the start-stop, you should take it in to have it uh, assessed and figure out what's going on. Uh, very good. Thanks, I Appreciate the call. Uh, that line is open if you'd like to call in your car care question or send a text. Either one, 651-461-9226. But urge you to do it sooner rather than later. Nick will be taking his leave in about uh, 12, 15 minutes or so from right now. 651-461-9226. Tell you what let's do. Let's uh, take a break <clears throat> for that forecast because there is <laughs> there is a warm-up. So if your car hasn't been starting uh, quite well lately, uh, keep the faith because it looks like we could be, by Friday, Nick, have highs around 37 degrees, even with a 20% chance of rain. How about them apples? All right. We'll t- that's, uh, that's crazy for winter, isn't it? It really is. Hang on, Nick. We'll uh, come back after the forecast here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here, along with AOC Certified Technician from Lloyd's Automotive, Nick Stoffel, answering any kind of a car care question you might have. You have to bring in your vehicle for service, and you want to know what uh, what could be wrong, what could be ailing. Why don't you give Nick a call or send him a text with your question before uh, we run out of time, 651-461-9226. Uh, Nick, grabbing a phone call this morning. Paul, I believe, is on the horn calling in from uh, Bloomington. Paul, good morning. What is your question? Um, Good morning. Yeah, I have a 2015 Jeep Cherokee, and the other day, the first really cold day, my temperature gauge uh, started oscillating around. It would go almost up to uh, the overheat range and then drop back down to normal. Um, and the heater also was kind of in the same mode. So I'm wondering what I should be doing about that. Well, I, I would have somebody look at it, you know, a couple of reasons, you know, it's so warm a little bit. So you may not be as cold in the vehicle, but you also don't want that engine overheating. I, I would suspect that we should make sure it's full of coolant. You know, if it's getting low on antifreeze coolant, as it's circulating through and getting past that temperature sensor, might find that the gauge is kind of erratic. And then if we develop a bit of an air pocket, it's in the heater core, same thing's going to happen, whereas the, the heat in the vehicle is going to be inconsistent. So we want to make sure it's full of coolant. And then from there, we want to make sure that the thermostat's working properly, water pump is working properly. So I, I would think that's probably something you should get on someone's schedule before you do run into a problem where the car's overheating or you don't have any heat and you can't, you know, you can't drive the vehicle. So that's probably worth making an appointment to have it looked at. Funny you should mention the phrase uh, heater core. Earlier this morning, we got a, a text about what is a heater core. Are there still uh, heater cores in cars? I presume that there are, but what is exactly is a heater core? I've also called it a heater so, radiator. Exactly. So if you live in an old home and you have radiators in your house, uh, it's the same idea. So when the engine is running, it creates a lot of heat. It uses the antifreeze to manage the engine temperature. So once it's up to a, well, approximately 200 degrees, the antifreeze kind of regulates that with a series of different parts. 
but we take that hot coolant, run it into the vehicle through a small little radiator, which we call a heater core. The little fan blows across it and gives us heat inside of the vehicle. So it's a critical component. Obviously, winter months, we can't live without it. But it does help maintain, regulate the temperature of the engine, and not just engine, but also inside the car. Very good. Interesting. Heater core. Uh, Texter says this, 2014 Ford Escape keyless fob will not communicate with the vehicle. Uh, They have two fobs. Neither will communicate. Both batteries have been replaced. Now, Texter says, if I put the fob next to the steering column, it will start. Do you have any ideas about this problem? Well, that's the fail-safe. So if everyone heard that last part, that's really important. I can get into my vehicle, but my fobs are not working. How do I start the vehicle? If you hold the fob, most vehicles, you hold the fob next to the steering wheel or the push-button location, it will still allow the vehicle to start. Likely what you would need to do is have someone with a um, scan tool or the, the, the access tool to see what is missing. Is it the receiver or the transmitter? You know, one of the two isn't working, and without the proper diagnostic tool, you can't see that. So you've already done all the right steps. New batteries in the remote. Tried both remotes. So now we know it's not a battery. It's not one remote. It makes me think there's something with the uh, receiver part of the vehicle that's not seeing those keys. So there might be a code in there. Someone can do a little digging. Maybe it's a reset or a reprogram. Maybe there's a component needing replacement. But they said, once again, that texture, if your car won't start, you can always hold that fob next to the push button. That'll allow the vehicle to start, so therefore you're not stranded. One thing I haven't, and you and I have talked about it, uh, not for a long time, and I, I hope the, 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 the episodes are really down, uh, as far as uh, catalytic converter thefts, because I'm going to talk about something else, too, related to those fobs. Uh, are you seeing catalytic converters still being taken? You know, it was really, really good. It was in the news how the theft was down such a huge amount, and then we had a slight uptick, but no, I, I would say... Um, based on uh, with the new laws, it's difficult for these people to uh, process and get rid of these stolen items. So I think that they found a good way to minimize it. Nothing, it's never going to go away. But I would say, to me, it feels like we're almost back to normal times where it's a rarer occurrence. Hopefully it's in the rearview mirror and we don't have to deal with this going forward. Well, I hope you're right. Uh, Texter says this, Nick, thanks for the show. Uh, I have a 2003 VW Passat. There are no taillights unless I turn on the high beams. What could that be? I don't see any blown fuses. Uh, that comes from Joe. You know, um, the multifunction switch is on the, the cluster, sometimes on those Audi Volkswagens, that brake switch, which serves a couple of purposes, can be a little finicky. Um you know, you're going to have to have someone take a look at it, get the voltmeter out, check powers and grounds, try to figure out with the wiring diagram what is different when the high beams are on versus the standard lighting. So that, that'll be the clue. They'll follow that diagram, find the piece that's different, and likely that's the source of the problem. All right. Another text just came in. My low tire pressure light is on when I start my car. After about 10 minutes on the highway, the light goes out. Should I add air? No, we were joking about that. That's the, that's the light that tells you, tell you it's Minnesota winter. Yeah, <laughs> what what I mean right. by that is the temperature's dropped. 
your tire pressures are going to adjust, and it's just a couple pounds of pressure. It's not significant. Just low threshold where that light's going to come on. Absolutely, a couple pounds of pressure will inflate it within the range so you don't worry about the light, but you're not overinflating the tires where you create another problem. So when I say a couple PSI, I, I really mean just two or three pounds of pressure. It's all they need that will keep that light off so you don't have to worry about it. I've got a, uh, years ago I bought a, a compressor, uh, but the hose I use is, is uh, and the uh, inflator is a digital readout, right? I mean, it, to me, that's, it seems pretty accurate. But are those old, you know, tire pressure, little uh, silver <laughs> doodads like ballpoint pens, are those relatively accurate? Oh, Danny, I think we're aging ourselves where people don't know what those are. It's one of those yeah. one of those things we see online. Hey, do you know what this is for? And yeah. when I was a teenager at the gas station, we used to flick them all the time. I don't know if you can remember that. When we were bored, we'd flick those. And sure. um, if you have a new one, it's in the glove box. It's probably decently accurate. In a pinch, it's fine. Would I? We don't use them. We use the digital ones because they're much more accurate and more consistent. So uh, if you're in a pinch and you don't know, yes, it's better than nothing. However... Um, you have most or all new vehicles have warning systems to let you know if a tire is low. Trust that. If you're still not sure, stop and see someone. Stop by the shop, stop by your mechanic and say, hey, I'm fighting this tire plate or tire pressure. Let them use their professional tools to make sure you're accurate. Now, if they're, you know, again, you've, you've talked about it a lot uh, over the, this time of year as far as the losing air, if your car's outside or even inside. Uh, in these, you know, below zero temperatures, tires can and many do lose air uh, overnight. Uh, is there something that can be done about that outside of just putting, you know, more air in it? Uh, can it be an issue with the, the wheel itself? The rim itself is maybe gunked up. All things are possible. The tires are slightly porous. The molecules and the oxygen slow down. That's what it causes them to adjust also. I mean, even in the summer months, you don't realize it, but your tires are at a set pressure. You go and drive it on the highway, they will gain a few PSI. So it's just the reverse because it's colder, so the air um, changes chemistry-wise, or the molecules change a little bit, so the pressure's setting lower. So it's, it's not that you're losing air necessarily. It's just that... Uh, it's a different time of the year, so you need to kind of reset your standard. You know, your oh, zero point in the winter is a little different than the summer. Oh, interesting. Never really thought about that. Um, do we have time? Uh, I'll tell you, well, let's grab a phone call. Tom is uh, calling in this morning. Tom is calling in from Osseo, I think. Thanks, Tom. What's your question, please? Uh, 2000 Buick Regal. I can no longer read the odometer. You know, um, the od- odometer, older vehicle like that, um, it's likely the digital display that's gone bad. Um, and a 2000 uh, is old enough now where, you know, I would say if you're worried about changing your oil, I would kind of set a calendar. Um, you might be able to find a used one. Um, and that, you know, to be honest, I can't call if that's plug and play, if there's programming required. But if the speedometer is working, the temperature gauge, the field gauge are working. You know, odometer might be one of those things that we're going to have to kind of live without, to be honest. I, I'm not sure it's going to be worth the investment on the vehicle 23, 24 years old uh, to try to chase that down. 
think a final question. Uh, we're kind of running out of time, Nick. Actually, there are like three questions. What is ethanol-free fuel? What is unleaded plus? But the main question is, I think the most important one, can you put regular fuel in when it asks for premium? We've had that a multiple amount of times. That's a, that's a very common question. So um, non-ethanol is like a high-octane fuel. Um, it's typically for uh, your snowmobile, your lawnmower, your, your ATVs. Um, it takes the alcohol out. The alcohol sometimes can be hard on the rubber components. The other plus fuels is where they change the percentage of ethanol. It might, see, it might be 15%. It might be a variance of that. So the very most important thing to do, if your vehicle is not a flex fuel vehicle, meaning it does not have that yellow gas cap, you open the fuel door, every car tells you what it would like to have, regular unleaded, premium unleaded. If it's the flex fuel with the yellow cap, you can use more variations of it. You want to know if you can use the regular versus the premium, try it once. Um, a lot okay. of the higher-end vehicles ask for a premium fuel. Try the regular. If it's running fine, your fuel economy is fine, it's probably fine. If you're noticing pinging, detonating, you're going to have to upgrade back to the higher-octane fuel. Yeah, you don't want to run that uh, too long like that. Nick, we have to run. How do we get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's Automotive? Yes, sir, real quick here. If you ever have a question, please don't hesitate to call 651 651- Two two eight one three one six. And if you're in the capital city of St. Paul, stop and say hi. We're at nine eight two Grand Avenue, and I'd really appreciate it if you check out our website at LloydsAutomotive.net. And Nick, we would appreciate if you came back next Saturday. We'll do this again. Absolutely, sir. Thank you. All right, thank you, Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive. Jack Farrell's Wine Chat straight ahead here on eight three zero WCCO. <laughs> 